1: It is the day after U.S. Grappling Raleigh. Uh, it is another episode of Dirty White Belt Radio. I am excited to be joining you from the center of the known world, Hillsboro, North Carolina, to talk to you all about it. I competed, as did my friend and re- recurring guest and instructor at Elevate, uh, Jiu-Jitsu Black Belt, Kin Stretch instructor, and all-around uh, awesome human being, Samantha Fallhaber. Sam, welcome back to the show. It's Drift to have you back. Sam and I are going to recap U.S. Grappling, which was the largest U.S. Grappling yet. We're going to talk about... The outstanding performances we noticed from people generally, the people from Sam's team that competed, the people from my team that competed, our own matches. We'll talk about uh, some potential setups for Toro Cup, which is next month, which could be big fun. And we'll talk about some other things that uh, that occur to us in the moment. So, I'm really excited to get to to get to it. Um, so Sam, this was the biggest U.S. grappling yet. They had about 550 registrants, which was more than 100 more than the biggest tournament they'd done so far.
2: I had heard through the grapevine from someone. I don't know if it's true or not that their bracketing system, like, was set up for 500 because they've never had this yeah. close to this many, and so like it caused a couple of delays. But it was still really good, and you know, it's mm-hmm. oh, it's always a long day on tournament day. But like everybody, I definitely want to talk about the staff um,
1: stuff that we saw there. Yeah, like and I don't know if that's true either about the 500 thing, but I do know that the biggest tournament they'd had before was 440, and we had about 430 people pre-register for this tournament, and usually there's a huge amount of pre-registration because you can pre-register at usgrappling.com save a little money, but there were about 120 walk-ups, which is a huge number. Yeah. And I think really speaks to the growth of the scene in North Carolina and Virginia. A lot of people made the trip down from Virginia, and even some folks from the DMV. There's so
2: many schools around here. Oh my god, I keep thinking that I know all the school, and then, uh, like, I mean, I I guess James Hogerman started that NC BJJ community, like North Carolina BJJ community group, but, like, there's so many things around here that foster that camaraderie as best as I think people can while having competing schools and stuff in the in general population, but, like, yeah, it's, like, the inclusiveness and everybody being together and, like, all right, we're on the same team, sort of, because we're North Carolina, but, like, we want to fight it out now and prove that we can do this stuff, and... Did you guys bring a lot of people from TJJ? We
1: brought about a dozen folks. Most of our lower belts. We had the upper belts that we brought. Like, a lot of our upper belts are competing at the PANS. So, Amber and Eric Hable were both like, hey, you know, we'll show up and support, but we're not going to compete because you don't want to tweak your your knee a week after
2: Absolutely, yeah. I wasn't sure. And we'll talk about this in a little bit about Kim uh, fighting and things. But, uh, yeah.
1: (laughs) But, yeah, we had a ton of white belts. We had a ton of white belts, some blue belts. And, like, what you mentioned before about the camaraderie is something that I really appreciate about the area what I love about it is you can go really hard against people, because people around here really love to train hard, love to compete hard. Mm-hmm. Like, I had a really tough match against Wes Claytor from Gracie Raleigh. Wes really dominated that match, and thanks for coaching me in that match, by the way, because nobody else was around. I but...
2: have a story about what I saw with him fighting later, too. Oh, oh, really? really okay. well, yeah.
1: well, I would love to hear it. Yeah. But like, <laughs> but for me, that match sort of exemplifies the spirit of North Carolina jiu-jitsu, because we were both going super hard, and Wes went after it, and Wes did a great job against me, but like... You know, there there was never any—it was both—it was not an animosity, like, I'm trying to kill you thing, even though I am trying to kill you. Mm -hmm. It's just a, man, we're both trying to do the best that we possibly can, and after we're going to be friends and try and build the scene together. And
2: to me, that is the best feeling. Like, do you—there's not many feelings that compare to—and this could be in the competition or it can be on the training mat. If you have those training partners that you— know that nobody's going to take anything personally and you just go ham on each other and which I just learned was actually an acronym yes right? <laughs> like just learned <laughs> but, yeah. um, I, I just was like oh it's slang I don't know why it's ham but, uh, <laughs> but um, it's it's the best I was just talking to, to Franny Glayton's wife uh, the new black belt over at um, Elevate and Franny has a blue belt herself about that at the tournament you're like just yeah like it's I don't know have you you know like, what I'm talking about like, oh, yeah. sometimes you train with people and you're like oh eh, and I like I personally can't go hard I just I can't mentally get over training hard with somebody that has an injury I'm too empathetic about that I'm like no you shouldn't be doing these things and all that stuff but
1: I completely that. empathize with that and in fact the person that I identify with that is someone you already mentioned which is Kim Rice mm. like when me and Kim train we try to kill each other and mm-hmm. Kim is one of my dearest friends and one of the best people around and like it's funny because even if we're like hey we'll go a little light today like about minute two of the roll like she's trying to smash my face you guys are I'm trying because to take her mean. back yeah, yeah. no <laughs> exactly. And then after, it's great. It's like, oh, man, that was awesome.
2: Yeah. yeah. The complimenting each other on that. I mean, a lot of my favorite friendships in general have been based on a similar premise of, like, let's be an as, as antagonistic towards each other as possible and high five if you get a good zinger on me. Mm-hmm. You know, so the same thing, like, oh, man, you bastard. You got, <laughs> you got that, Kimura, but, like... I'm gonna get to you
1: next time. Yeah, it's funny. Like, and uh, like after we get done recapping U.S. grappling, I want us to say explore this more because from the the diverse relationships that you have with people in the gym are really interesting to me. And for me, a lot of it, we have a new guy who's 24 year old, really tough, competitive, purple belt, moved out here from California. And I think one of the things that he's struggling with. Is learning who you can go ham on and who you can't. Yeah. Because right? some people get upset. We'll take it personally. Yeah. <laughs> some people get, get really salty if you. It's problem, man. Right. And, and, and like for me, like I, my my personal philosophy on that is I like to go, I try and match the pace of my partner. Me hey, too. We're like, yeah. And, and you know, we're, we're like, especially if I know the person. But well. we
2: also need to train selfishly, is another. Anyway, yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, the late Dave Jacobs like said that to me once, and I've like, that makes a lot of sense. Like if you're a competitor, you have to train selfishly, yeah. And and a all Vidal that I used to, and Lever that I used to train with in San Diego one time was like, we are tough girls. We have to go hard,
1: and like, Because I, I, I was like, oh my god, I hate this.
2: This <laughs> is like okay, but
1: and that's really true. And like, and it, it's sort of a to everything there is a season approach. Like, the, it's different being an instructor than it is being a competitor. It's mm-hmm. different, and a lot of people wear multiple hats. But it like when a lot of times when people think top level competitors are jerks or are upset with them, I think they don't really understand that in order to achieve at that level to a certain degree you must be selfish you must be like this is my time and i must use this time to get better because everyone that i am going to fight in a month is using this time to get better well, we just
2: we just had the 2 year anniversary party elevate on thursday so that was a really cool rallying point like as many people as could make it on a thursday night came out and like betty Broadhurst was there and all these things um and uh, Cody, Cody is an excellent speech maker. Um, the guy has a very organized brain. Has a very – see, this, is, this contrast has a very organized brain. Um, but um, It's good to one, have multiple his, perspectives. His, his speech was uh, – yeah, different structure. Um, his, one of the things he said in his, his like, big speech was about – he's like where we talk a lot about tribe – in it, and that's been a topic of interest in me for some time, and, you know, and you try not to get, you know, to divide the line between tribe and cult, right, but yeah, but like, um, the, the elevator is, like, he's, he's saying, like, what is the line? Like, what is the line of who's included in our tribe? And he's like, if you think about it, you know, people that come into Open Mat, like, are you saying, like, they're not part, or, like, people that just pass through every once in a while, or people that used to be part of us and now they're somewhere else, like, and he's like, and well, what about, like, people that we're competing against? Like, they're, when they get better, it makes us get better and then like you know on on the local stage and then like they go off and fight at worlds and like have to raise their level then that's gonna bring it back on Earth. so it's like it get got into basically that global unity idea of everything is helpful and if you are pushing yourself hard to get better then you're helping other people get better too and you know that the selfishness isn't selfishness idea
1: mm-hmm. of things. Uh, and and I, I, I concur with all of that. And a, a couple of thoughts on that to bring us but back to But it is what people are pre-
2: expecting. There is an expectation. Yeah, because <laughs> right.
1: yeah, different people do have different expectations. Mm-hmm. But like a couple of thoughts on, on that to bring us back to U.S. grappling, which is it's been really exciting to see the growth of Elevate over the last two years as somebody that was there at the beginning. And when Elevate first started, You know, and and the classes were smaller. Mm -hmm, Cody would come to my morning classes at TJJ, and we would just roll, like, after my morning classes. And Elevate elevate classes were smaller because y'all were just getting started. My morning classes were small because nobody likes to get up at 530. Uh, But me and Cody would just roll for, like, a half hour after class. And I got... Beat up so much, and I got so much better at defending guillotines and leg locks. <laughs> Find your specialty because <laughs> you have to, right? Mm-hmm. And and I mean, I'm not saying I didn't get submitted a ton. because Boy, did I get submitted a ton! One thing I noticed after me and Cody, you know, because everything everything sort of, um, you know, there's a season for everything, like I said. And so, you know, Cody got busy with the gym. Jim got much. The singing not to the last part of the show, oh, Sam. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but uh, but yeah, but like you know, after, I noticed after I. St- after I stopped getting those rolls in with Cody, like my timing and my sharpness on defending those techniques mm. decreased because it's like yeah. okay, I'm not constantly on guard to stop him from entering the legs, to stop him from getting a hold of my of my head. Um, and so one thing, so 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 let's talk about the growth of Elevate, and let's talk about how the team did yesterday because you all you all brought like twenty people, something something like
2: that. Like that yeah, it I mean, was we a, we still had eleven people with enough energy and we're still at the venue at. Almost ten o'clock at night last night to go out to dinner. So, yeah, there were a lot of people that had left before then.
1: So I'm going to talk to you. Like, we'll, we'll get to your matches in a sec after we talk about the rest of the. Uh,
2: well, uh, yeah. I, I, before I get too off track, too, I wanted I wanted to bring up specifically that thing about the mentoring the referees. Oh, uh, okay, absolutely. So, yeah, so, <laughs> because like, I, I know I'm going to get way off topic real quick, but like, I'll, I, <laughs> I'll
1: bring you back. Don't worry, it's my job.
2: <laughs> the um, like I've never seen this before at a at a tournament before, and uh, at US Grappling, they had several new refs, like, I don't know if there was their first day or their second or third or whatever, but, like, pretty, pretty new, and they had seasoned referees with them. Like, sometimes I saw a couple times where they were kind of in the chair watching, almost in the coach's chair, and then other times where that guy, uh, Austin, that you said, like, was, like, out with Betty and, like, well, actually, like, whispering in her ear kind of thing and helping some other new people, and that that shows a real commitment from U.S. Grappling to invest in that, because I feel like... Probably a lot of organizations would be like, we can't afford to pay double refs or whatever, that kind of thing. But like, how else are people going to get there? And it's going to make all the competitors feel better about it, um, you know, that they've got a, got a new ref that called this thing, and it was ridiculous, but there's another voice there. I don't know. But that was just really neat, and I, I've never seen that before.
1: Yeah, and, and as someone that's gone through the U.S. Grappling ref training, I can I can speak to a little of this. I think it's, it really shows that it's run by grapplers for grapplers because everybody wants, like refs don't want to make mistakes, and grapplers want to have refs that are qualified, that know the rules, and that can, can run a, a consistent match. And so the way U.S. Grappling does it is there are constant ref training certifications that are run by Jarrett Church, the head ref. Uh, A a bunch of people go to multiple of these. I've been to two just because I didn't want to take just one and then go ref and mess up somebody's match. And then after that, after you get certified by going through these pretty rigorous all day certifications, then... The first time, they set everybody up at a submission only because it's a lot less complicated because okay. you don't have to know the point. <laughs> You're just practicing
2: paying attention yeah, for and, <laughs> that for, long. Yeah, yeah
1: And then, and, then, and then they set you up, at, as Sam described, um, with a mentor ref that is watching you, that's cataloging you, that's helping you if anything gets wrong, and that gives you feedback after the match. Like, hey, you know, you gave points for that takedown a little bit too quickly. That person popped back up. Maybe that was an advantage. Or in the future, if they're getting that close to the mats, you use a little bit more ring control yeah. so that you can make sure people are safe and they're not... They're not falling off the mats. And it's that kind of attention to detail that makes it my favorite tournament experience regardless. And uh, and because there were so many people yesterday, I got drafted to ref, which I, I hadn't signed up to ref because I just wanted to coach the TJJ people. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm always happy to, to pitch in. And, and for me, refing is also enjoyable. I learn a lot from, from doing it. I want to tell you about the customer service I recently got from Cageside Fight Company. I really needed custom rash guards and fight shorts in time to get Junio Ocasio on the Eddie Bravo invitational card so that he could look fresh. Not only did Boomer from Cageside personally deliver all of the stuff that I needed, he got it in a timely fashion at a great price. This is what I've come to expect from Cageside Fight Company. So if you want the best in fight gear from a family owned business that does a lot for the local community, go to Cageside.com and support the folks that support us. Yeah, you because know, because you see things from a different I'm different sure perspective.
2: being a teacher helps with that, like, because because a big part of it is, you know, observing that you are in charge of telling these people where to go and what to do, you know, in as limited capacity as possible. But like, mm. still, you know, you have to take that stand. And put on, like, that different hat that <laughs> like you say. And, like, at least if you're used to standing up in front of a group of people and telling them what to do in a jiu-jitsu class, that probably carries over very well. I imagine it'd be harder to step up as a student if you don't have an authoritative role in front of a group of people in your everyday life. Yeah,
1: that's probably true. Mm-hmm. And so speaking of people with authoritative roles and how Elevate did, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lift nice. up a few of the Elevate Folks that you I know. <laughs> I
0: hate I, win.
2: I hate Cody so much with that. It. Like, that's such a good name. Like, it's, it just comes up all the time. It's a like, good
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty shocked that y'all haven't made an elevators shirt. That has, I like,
2: know. A, I, a, I right. started calling everybody elevators like two weeks ago. Good,
1: good, f- well man. done. Well done. The, the, um, but so, uh, so what I would like to do is I would like to talk about some of the Elevate folks that I noticed doing well, mm. and then you, as you know, one of the coaches at Elevate, you can maybe lift up some performances that you noticed, yeah. and then I definitely want to talk about your matches. So, you know, uh, uh, so for one thing, Cody Malte uh, took first in the gi at black belt, uh, which was was all which are always tough divisions. There were a ton of tough black belts there. He also did the no gi. I think he went, went up going about five and two on the day. Um, at a really he got third
2: and absolute.
1: Gee? yeah so three medals because yeah. he also got a bronze in nogi i believe okay and and for the record also one of the exciting things and i'm a l- this is the only thing i'm a little bit bummed out about the tournament from my own matches like i got great matches i had a lot of fun did gi and nogi but um so matt arroyo was there matt arroyo who used to be in the ufc is a long time hoist gracie black belt got his black belt in 2009 from rob Kahn, who was a hoist gracie black belt taught a seminar at the pendergrass academy on Friday night, which, oh, cool. which unfortunately I wasn't able to go to. And so first of all, props to like, I was sad I couldn't make it because I really wanted to learn from Matt Arroyo. Second, props to Matt for being in town and then just saying like, hey, I'm going to compete because that's yeah. cool. And the only thing I'm bummed about is that I did not end up getting a match with Matt because although I think the outcome of that, I think, is known to all. Boy, it would have been fun to get, get smashed by that cat.
2: Cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. So other folks from Elevate, like I know Nick Johnson got third in, in nogi in the intermediate nogi. Uh, relatively new blue belt, dude who used to train with me. Super cool guy. Um. The Spin Doctor. Yeah, is right. His new nickname. Oh, really? See, see, I'm old and l- I love The Simpsons, so I always call him Doctor Nick because <laughs> he's Doctor Nick oh, from The Simpsons. Oh man, yeah. Hello, he's, everybody. He,
2: that kid, that kid, He like he's a cool guy, and maybe something like being called Doctor Nick could bring him down a little bit because he's like he's a little he's got a little too much going for him. I know we he's too. To, like,
1: I I was like, yeah. I was when Nick started training with me. I was like, it's not fair that you are younger, better looking, looking, smarter, athletic,
2: (laughs) smart. He's like, I'm going to be a doctor, which is why he's been doctor now. And like, Cody made a terrible, great joke at the. He was Nick won one of the awards that they put out on for Elevate at the event, and it was, um, oh man. I forget which actually, I forget which one that he won, but uh, the, the I remember the joke it was <laughs> as he gave he got custom backpacks from Toro with the Elevate oh. symbol with the, the key material and they were really pretty and he's like now Nick can get used to having something on his back.
1: Uh, <laughs> hey, man. Co- Cody's so, a dad now. He has to he make is.
2: dad jokes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he made them before. Oh, I'm, I'd be surprised. Right. He's pretty honed on these. Like
1: he's locked in on the dad He's jokes. been Practicing
2: for a little while. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> yeah, so,
2: Nick did. Nick did well. He wasn't feeling his best um, yesterday, like physically, but he did. You did well, nonetheless. And yes, who, who else did you happen to notice yourself?
1: Well, so I noticed Cheyenne. Or I, I noticed Mike Hall. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, Mike Hall, rocking it. Mike Hall, y'all. Yeah, he was, he was, he was on the mat right before I started my gi divisions, and I believe he got gold no gi. Is he that did. right? He yeah. did. Yeah,
2: he won the um, beginner absolute. Mm-hmm. Yes,
1: and the <laughs> so no that gi- was fun. No gi
2: beginner absolute. Yeah, and he had two like no gi baseball choke things where I like I didn't even know what he was going for. I was like, hey, pass, like settle the pass, and all of a sudden the guy's tapping. I'm like. Okay, and then he did it again the next round, and I was like, "All right." So yeah, it was really cool.
1: Yeah, and no, I actually, I actually talked to him right after that, and I was like, "Man, the rare nogi baseball choke, which is like sort of the the like top tier dick mode <laughs> submission, but, but totally works." So, oh
2: man, yeah, it's it's not in my game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so,
1: Detroit uh, Rod Hansen, who who is our kickboxing coach mm-hmm. and a really tough brown belt at Triangle Jiu Jitsu, it is one of his things, and he okay. does it, and so it's one of those things that if you get hit with it, you remember getting hit with it. Like, it's not. It a lot looks of fun. like. I got a better
2: view of the second one that he did, and I was like,
1: "Yeah, it's like (laughs) like time to go to that massage therapist across the street." Is sort (laughs) of like after that. But Mike Hall did really well. I noticed. I I know Kevin Satterfield didn't do as well as he was hoping. Yeah, but I uh, think he
2: had fun. And man, just the demonstration of how much that guy cares about team. He was debating about doing the absolute for blue belt, and he was like, "Man, but." He's like, if I even if I get a third, like that's another point for the team. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> Like he's, he's such a really he's a good one of the most loyal people I've ever seen, and I and I barely know the guy, but
1: yeah, Kevin and and, and Cheyenne Safraz Cheyenne Kokar are, yeah. are both like totally some of the best attitude guys that you can have in a gym. Man. Just both really tough guys, but also just really good like team guys.
2: I have to shout out the healthy male perspectives that we have at Elevate. We, so there's a private facebook group thing that the that people do and uh but like it's so often i see i mean the, the women are, are awesome as well but it, it's a little rare i think to see the men like interact in this way like they'll call each other out after an open mat and be, or after a class and be like thanks to so-and-so for like choking me this way thanks to so-and-so they like go out and like talk about it and like compliment each other on all the things kinda like we were talking about about like like oh let's try to smash each other and then like talk about, and like they're not right they're not ashamed to say I love you man and things like that. And and these are like masculine dudes and it's such a good role model situation. We just lost a guy named Donnie who was like head of a local like large baseball organization. He moved he moved um mm-hmm. like yesterday, so we're really sad about that. But he was a great example of that of like kind of macho athletic big dude with the beard and stuff like that that was like come on man bring it in let's have some love like yeah it just it's really great like to see that kind of thing and like that consciously pushing to embrace when people beat you and like being happy about it
1: like we could use more of that in the world yeah (laughs) i mean
2: like all right it's only gonna make me better having that attitude instead of a defeatist one by the way, on the way to the venue yesterday, I was feeling pretty nervous about it. I don't, I can't remember the last time I felt like I was prepared for a tournament. It's been a while since I've trained consistently hard, um, and was like just a lot of. And I and I try I, this goes into my like trying not to suppress feelings thing that I'm really into is I I was driving a venue I'm like I hate this I hate everything I hate I hate I hate I hate and I was like wait and I kept trying to convince myself not to and be like no but you should be positive because I was like you know what nope I'm just gonna admit that I hate that I'm on my way to this right now and then I felt good Note again after I just let that go <laughs> I wrote the better about my newsletter today I was like yeah it's really and then just you, the things that you resist tend to just grow bigger until you have to deal with them and so I was like all right let me just admit that I hate this and then and then I felt great and was happy. To it and got really tired still. But <laughs>
1: <we had to laughs> yeah, you know, I, I subscribe to your newsletter and folks, you can subscribe to Sam's newsletter as well. We'll talk about her kin stretch practice a little bit later in the show, but I've been reading that fairly regularly and I really identify with that because, you know, I've, I've really, and one of the, one of the things that I, I was telling Betsy the other day, cause I got a little nervous and I haven't been, you know, no, this is not an excuse in any respect, but like I haven't been able to train mm-hmm. as hard as I wanted, you know, life has yeah. other things happening. But, but and that's so, the
2: stuff you're like quote unquote not supposed to talk about, right? Because yeah. you're trying not to set up excuses, but it is a reality of the thing. It's like. a
1: reality. But like here's the thing: the, the matches I lost, those dudes were better. They, did, I did not lose because I messed up. I did not lose because I, you know, I lost because those dudes were better and they did good things and they deserved it. Feels kind of so. good
2: though when you lose. Oh that yeah, way. Cheyenne and I I'd were talking about way that.
1: rather lose that way, right? Way rather, as long as I like, didn't
2: give up. Yeah, like, I- exactly. That's, that's what feels different.
1: There's a sati- for for sure. I mean, there's a satisfaction about like having a hard fought match, even if it's a loss. Where yeah. it's not that I screwed up, and it's not that I quit. Mm-hmm. It's that that person did a good thing, and they got me. And good for you, man. And and, and that happened in both of my losses, which was which was pretty cool. But like, and
2: that's the only thing you have control over. Yeah. Like. I mean, at that point, you know, yeah, you could prepare more or whatever. But, like, in that moment, the only thing you have control over is not quitting.
1: Yeah. (laughs) For sure. But, like, like what I wanted to talk to react to was your sort of um – your mentality thing, and one of the things that the, the one of the great things about doing this show is I get to talk about like elite competitors, like somebody like yourself that's been in the black belt world finals, somebody that's been oh brown belt world yeah. finals, I'm sorry. <laughs> but but you've been in the world finals at like yeah. every belt other than yes, black belt, right? That is true. And and like you know, and getting to talk to people like, or like Andrew Bittner, who's crushing mm-hmm. competition these days, Gordon Ryan, like to talk to all of these people and or bagels, right? Bagels who comp- yeah. travels all over the world and competes, and. People that still it, yeah. really get nervous and people are still like and, and, and it's strange because, you know, I'm an older person and I'm I'm certainly not on that level competitively. And this is what I do for fun. And so I enjoy it. I love every minute of it. But still, like the night before going to the tournament, there's still like this thing in me Oof. where I'm just like, oh, why Oof. am I here? <laughs> You know, do it, I, I, I voluntarily do this? <laughs> it, it's it's the way I feel about know because I'm a writer uh, and, and it's the way I feel about writing. And the best thing I ever said about writing was when someone asked Douglas Adams, the guy right here, Checkers Guide to the Galaxy. Okay. They're like, oh, you must love writing. And he's like, no, I hate writing. I like having written.
2: That's exactly the way I've talked about jiu-jitsu competitions for a right. long time. Of course, it's easier to say that
1: after you win too, but you know. <laughs> well, I well I didn't win. I was I mean, so I,
2: happy I did it. <laughs> like, oh yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's always win, winning's always better than losing for sure. But like, but like, here's the thing: like, I am never sad that yeah. I trained hard. I'm never yeah. sad that I did a competition even if I lose, right? Like I lost in the first round in the Gi yesterday. Still super, super glad I did that. Mm. And, and and so that journey, and, and this is part of what, you know, life is for me more about process than about outcome. Because if you put a good process in place, the outcomes follow. Yeah. And so, Absolutely. yeah. And So so for me, it's like, my process is I train, I try to get better, I compete, which is also a part of, of trying to get better. And, it, you know, I put the best me out there that I can possibly put out there. And if I lose... Okay, bummer. I'll be mad at myself if I messed up, but if I lost to a guy that was better on that day, ah, I'm still really glad that I did that. And I'm still and, and there's still that satisfaction.
2: One of the other guys that won an award at the Elevate Award ceremony was uh, Adam Burgess who um I've been working with uh, for the type stuff as well and Cody's talking about him was like, yeah, very much about that process-oriented thing, like knowing like how much better he's gotten over the last year and that Cody had faith that it was going to continue because he has his processes in place. Like, he's going about it in a way that is reproducible and long-term sustainable of, of that, you know, instead of, like, you know... I'm going to quit my job and do nothing but – you know, like, you yeah. know that, like that kind of enthusiasm that you can get from a white belt that you're like, if you're still here in six months, I'm going to be surprised, and you're probably going to be a world champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, But probably you're just not going to be here because you do that overload, that overkill of like a must get, must get good now. Like there's something else trying to be proven there. but For sure. Who also did well. He was a great example of that not quit thing. I, I called out him and, and a guy named Hong – one of our robots, Hong, and um, another – Yeah, and and Blake as a blue belt. Yeah, uh, yeah. Blake Golden. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see
1: Blake's matches.
2: He's like, I don't...
1: He's good with the foot
2: I didn't see everything um, that he did. I saw a couple that he lost, but they, they were all, like we were just talking about, like, I don't know if he felt that way about it afterwards, but the not giving up thing, and that's really... Well, like You can see the way their muscles are working. You can see, like, you know, did did you break mentally? No, you just keep trying the whole time. That's, like, the only thing you could hope for from a coach. And then you go back and you fix things and you go from there. We did a lot of the competition training leading up to this, think, trying to focus on how, like, this is not any different than training in many ways. Like So I, ha- I have people practice a lot of, like, literally walking up to each other, shaking hands, just like you do in the tournament, like it's just different than what you do on the mat, and like just getting that psychological, like, hey, let's make this not. Weird. And we all felt that little leap in our in our chest, like just because we changed a little bit of the format. Is so it was shake hands, back off, and then attack each other and get your first set of points, um, and then do that ad nauseum until it wasn't a thing anymore. Of like,
1: <laughs> but you know, you know, I, I want to dive into that somewhere in the in the next part of the show because like I'm a huge believer in that, and Seth used to have us do that when we were preparing for. Fight or for mm-hmm. big jiu-jitsu matches because just i'm a huge believer in visualization and i'm a huge yes. believer of like if your body feels like i've been here before then it's going to react without the shock that you don't want where you're like oh i'm going to freeze because uh, a guy's got my back and that's never happened before
0: yeah
1: hey betsy o'donovan
0: yes jeff Shaw.
1: did you hear that u.s grappling's raleigh event was the biggest one yet
0: I didn't just hear it, Jeff Shaw. I saw it with my own two eyes, and it was amazing.
1: What were your impressions of this 550-person event?
0: Well, you know, as always with US Grappling, I'm astonished how they're able to manage the logistics of getting so many people on the mats with great refing, while training new refs and uh, getting people passed through the medal ceremonies and all of those happy competitors. It is a feat, and they do it with a lot of love.
1: It was pretty astonishing that they were able to adapt to more than 100 uh, competitors, more than their previous high-water mark, most of them signed up the day of. And I had a great time competing, and I'm sure you will as well. Are there upcoming events people can register for?
0: There absolutely are. Their next tournament is March 17th at Virginia Beach, Virginia. Uh, if you want to keep competing on the I-95 corridor, you can hit the Richmond-Virginia tournament on April 28th. And they're back in North Carolina on May 5th.
1: I'm going to be competing in each and every one of those. And so hope to see you all there.
0: Thanks for supporting the people who support us. You can find them at usgrappling.com.
1: But, like, but, but before we get into that, I, do, I also want to, I want to talk to you about preparation, and I want to talk to you about some of your post-match recommendations we were talking about off the air, about kin stretch and how it can yeah. help, help recover. Let's talk about your matches. So you, you you win four or five matches by submission. Four of five matches. You yeah, I won
2: weeks. four of them and they were all by submission, and then mm-hmm. I lost to Kim. I just, last one, was, uh, a little bruisy. um Yeah, yeah. That's Schroeder, a, Schroeder won eight of eight yesterday.
1: Oh! So that was cool. Oh, yeah. snap. I did not, <laughs> I did not yeah. know that. So, so before we talk about your matches, mm-hmm. wow, big congrats, Schroeder. Schroeder works super hard trains her attitude is so re- smart so
2: god she's great <laughs> this
1: is like you know this is one of the things about any tournament especially a 550 person tournament you can't keep track yeah, of everything no and way. the results aren't out yet and so like this is the first time hearing of that but i'm thrilled to hear about schroeder's success because yeah. super works, super hard positive attitude eight 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 wins in eight matches not bad yeah. So I would also, on that note, I would like to shout out one of my teammates because Sam just shouted out one of her teammates, Emma Arada, who's her first tournament at White Belt won qu- quadruple gold, like, like smashed everybody, and like I kind of kind of had a hunch it was going to happen know? just because yeah. like because she's one of those people that is sort of like a Shayla too, where it's like the minute you step on the mat, you're, right, like, you're oh. like, if you stick with this, you're going to be <laughs> you're going to be real good. Yeah. And but it's also it was nice because she was going up against people that many of whom were were a lot more experienced than she was. Mm-hmm. But you know, just had really smart game plan, and and, and Schroeder's a blue belt, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, so Emma's a white belt, so it's a, it's a, a, at a different level. But still, like four gold medals, you know, you can only beat who they put in front of you. <laughs> and, yeah, uh,
2: totally. And yeah. So,
1: so congrats to both of those uh, both of those individuals. Um, I'm so, super stoked. So about the people you. they
2: put in front of me, uh, <laughs> look, like I can link things too. Uh, yep. <laughs> and and that term, I fought uh, Alex Ngu- Nguyen, mm-hmm. um, who. I've only seen. I, I introduced her. I was like, oh, I've seen you on the internets." Like, I, I was aware that people have they've tried to find her matches at Toro before and had difficulty. To,
1: to be real, people duck Alex. Okay. Like and and I mean and I, and and like just she's eighteen. The, I, I yeah maybe she's been a teenager as long as I've known her, but has also <laughs> been a savage. Uh-huh. Like so, it, and it's wrestler like good at everything.
2: Okay, and and like wrestling so what I what I heard was that she's like wrestling guys and doing at least like winning at least 50% of the matches and these things
1: and like just yeah in, in all seriousness Sam like an anecdote was and I've seen this happen at least three times where like both when I was making matches at Toro Cup and now John Bagels Telford does mm-hmm. it and like we will post like, hey, who wants a women's match for a purple belt, which is the weight, and we'll get like a lot of folks. Yeah. And then someone will be like, hey, why don't you get Alex on the card? And John's like, the match is for Alex, and then everyone will find something else to do. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, and, and and it's just you know, just very good at jujitsu is, yeah. is, is is that and, one? And like I get
2: I get that, uh, <laughs> I guess it just speaks to we all kind of want. To win. Well, of course we all want to win, but like um, I'm just thinking about that that mentality of, of, of being interested and then ducking out. But like you want to fight the best, right? Like that would, you know, I, I remember fighting at Naga back in the day and being a blue belt, and this is when there was no no women above blue belt at these localish tournaments, and like there would be one purple belt show up, and, and I. I've won every time I fought at blue belt. I not guy won, but like and the only time I didn't was a team teammate, and I closed out. And then like this purple belt shows up, and they're like, "Oh hey, like do you want to fight this purple belt?" Because they just were like, "Oh, whoever won the division that matched the person's weight, and go and do it." And everybody would be would duck them, and we're like we have literally like nothing to lose like it's interesting that the blue belts didn't want to fight you think like the purple belt that's willing to quote unquote put their pride on the line to fight somebody that's uh, whatever like and you know my my teammate and I were all
1: about it but it's just
0: hey Jeff Shaw
1: yes Betsy O'Donovan
0: you know what's better than a dirty white belt
1: What is better than a Dirty White Belt?
0: A Dirty White Gi. You got some news to share?
1: Absolutely. Exciting news for next month. The first ever Dirty White Belt Gi is going to be produced by our friends at Toro BJJ. And not only that, you're going to be able to get it at a tremendous price, like a 50% discount. This premium gi is a gi that I designed, and it's going to be available exclusively to Dirty White Belt listeners first. You'll get a coupon code on this podcast that will enable you to pay a minimum price for a maximum gi, and we couldn't be more excited to bring it to you.
0: Thanks for supporting the folks who support us and for repping the podcast. We'll see you on the mats.
1: And it's funny. (laughs) It it is funny. And and the thing is, there's a different mentality because you said, you know, you want to fight the best. And I think... I think most people say they want to fight the best. I don't know. And if then it's like, do I want it. to fight it's the best
2: right. on a stage in front of all my family and friends, who I think I'm going to lose to? But you have to think you have to at least think you can win.
1: Yeah. Like, <laughs> like and like, like this is like, and I go back and forth. Like, so Thomas Nadelhoffer who's a good friend of mine. He's, he runs a blog called the the Grumpy Grappler. He's uh, a brown belt, super badass. And is a he's per-
2: renaming some group on Facebook? He yeah, has mm-hmm. like Learn yeah. to Resist or whatever. Yeah. And now it's something else. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that, that's him. And okay. he, he's in, he's down in Charleston, and he's a yeah. uh, he's a professor of philosophy. And uh-huh. his, his philosophical interest is free will against versus determinism. So, mm. like, how much free will do we have? Do we have as much as we think we do? Do we have no free will at all? Is it in the middle of what they call, like, a soft free will thing? And it's super interesting at the intersection of philosophy and, like, biology. Mm. And so uh, the, 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 the Thomas's thing, and I, I always think about this, like, how much of our mentality is trained and how much of it is a gift of genetics and a gift of chemistry? Mm. Because for me, and I've written about this on the blog. I here's my mentality. Like I'm I, I do get nervous before matches and I swear to you, Sam, everyone I step on the mat with, I always think I'm gonna win. Like once like before, like you know, before we slap hands, I might be like, Oh, this dude's gonna myrtleize me. I step on the mat, I'm like during that, I can be down nineteen to nothing. I will never not think I'm going to find a way to come That's back fantastic. and win. It, I'm I'm so lucky. I feel incredibly fortunate because it's such a, a it's it, you know I I
2: learned skill for many people. It, yeah, and,
1: and you know, and it, and it may be for me. And this is why I brought up the free will and determinism thing because I certainly do a lot of mental exercises to try to get myself to that point. Because to your point, you have to believe you're going to win, or else you're not, or else you're not going to win. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't think you're going to win, you're not going to win. That's why I'm always um,
2: weird about people celebrating so much if they win. Cause it's like, are you surprised?
1: It, <laughs> it, it, exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly and like exactly like you you have to expect it you have to know it and like and and so it so it's a strange thing like i, I, I and you know for me i believe in free will partly mm. because i have to
2: <laughs> just to like
1: get up in the morning
2: i've had some good conversations about this kind of thing lately. well yeah i
1: mean and, and the science about it's super interesting but this isn't a science podcast maybe, maybe next week be a science <laughs> podcast but what yeah like it? like yeah it's it's um so at any rate, I, like I, I, to get back to let, let's get back to your matches. Um, <laughs> oh
2: right, yeah.
1: Because so you, <laughs> you have your
2: hands full with me trying to keep me on track. Yeah, no, it. It. <laughs> it's okay.
1: it's okay. This is what audio editing's for. Okay. Um. Uh, <laughs> this no. is actually a two minute interview. Yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 I do want to talk to you about the coach voice later too. So let's yeah. stick a pin in that. But like so, so you went up against Alex. You went up like before we we break down your matches specifically. One of the things that's testament to the growth of the scene that's been extremely gratifying for me as someone that cares about this is, there were some badass women, yeah, in huge badass women divisions. There were women brown belts I'd never seen before. Um, Iman Babasi, who was on Toro Cup, was down there. She's awesome. Yeah, uh, she's so nice. Yeah, yeah. Sunai so good at jiu jujitsu, um, and just a, a bunch of, of really stacked divisions. And so you mm-hmm. had no gi matches, and you had gi matches. I did not have
2: gi matches yesterday.
1: No, you didn't p- compete in the gi. No. Oh, okay.
2: I don't. They don't mix belts. Um, oh, okay, okay. Here so. and which oh. is like, I mean it's not of course I could lose to anyone I I also really I think kind of tangentially to what we were just saying like I I'm always convinced that I could both lose and win to anyone at the same time and perhaps I should skew that more towards convinced that I will always just win uh, <laughs> but but like yeah there's like a little part of there's a little part uh, I guess as Joe Rogan would say, like the inner B word um, of like, oh man, but I could lose. Like I kind of give myself that out sometimes, and that's yeah, I don't think it's necessary because yeah, it could, but like, why think about it? Like you might as well just assume you're gonna win. Like <laughs> yeah, no, it's <laughs> and, and
1: like I, I had to-
2: a little leap in my head because, because of the little chatter that I'd heard about Alex. I was like, I don't know this person, and I was like, I bet I know who that is, and I was like, I bet we're gonna fight. And I was like, yep, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> these things, and but it it went well, yeah.
1: Um, yeah and like and that's a that's a big win. I, like, if anybody's so-
2: listening that got video of that, I would really be interested to see it. Both because yeah, it's always great to see. I, I part of me thinks that if I if I make sure that somebody's gonna film me, that I'm gonna jinx something. Mm. Um so I didn't like bother I was like oh, no, I'm ready to fight, I don't care. Like maybe somebody will get it, maybe not. Um but it was a really fun match. Like it was like a lot of interesting stuff back and forth, and like if the back take that I had at the end felt really cool mm-hmm. <laughs> for lack of a better or more descriptive term, and I would love to see what that looked like. Um,
1: yeah, so if you have but, if you have yeah. ma- if you have matches, uh, or if you have video of Sam's match with Alex Wynn, or if like there's even awesome photos from CAM <laughs> photography, Megan Allen Chester, yeah, which I'm, I'm sure there will be, I bet Sam, uh, Sam would like to see that. I'd be curious, but it was so, fun. so you competed against Alex, I know you competed against Kim in the absolute, but who are your other three nogi matches um, against?
2: I fought Iman next uh after Alex and uh that was going well I completely botched a arm drag that turned into her being on mount <laughs> I was like hmm, well that didn't go well and uh when she and she had a really good attack on my arm she was looking for Americana and like turning into a straight arm lock but like I managed to wiggle out of it regard and catch the arm bar myself so that felt cool like oh man like coming coming from behind is a special kind of feeling as well um one of our one of our guys Haled came down from being down like 10 points to winning by two or something like that like that 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 kind of feeling is crazy like nothing for confidence more than being able to to do that kind of execution and then um oh so it was just two matches in the in the division and then in the open class I fought uh Chelsea Kurtzman um and then Iman again um and then Kim. Mm. Yes.
1: That's a bunch of tough people. <laughs>
2: yeah, it was cool. Yeah, <laughs> was, so big fun. Really nice. So and then Kim Kim and I had a nice battle. I had to deal with that in that first ten seconds of intensity of like, oh my god, what <laughs> was happening there? And it was good. And she passed my guard a few times. And like I, at the at the end, I was trying some stuff, but it was too late. and mm-hmm. All these things. It was a good time. And her match with Alex in the final was insane. I was like yelling and like grabbing on. Amber Hable was at the table. I was like ah, like I'm grabbing yeah. her arm, being like, oh my god. Like,
1: yeah. If anybody has a video of that, post it because that was, that was good. I'd like to see that. Alex ends up winning the absolute, which is incredibly impressive. And for those, I mean every. Everybody listens to the show knows about Kim's achievements. But Kim won the worlds at Blue Belt. Won uh, was uh, won the worlds at Purple Belt. Was a silver medalist or not a silver medalist? A bronze medalist at Brown Belt. Uh, bronze in the absolute at brown belt abu Dhabi, so, uh, abu Dhabi qualifier um just didn't she
2: win abu Dhabi? she did
1: not win abu Dhabi. She she, okay. no she won the qualifier to get there so she got oh, a free okay. trip she won the absolute so she get yeah, in yeah, order yeah, to yeah. get a free trip to abu Dhabi. i think Dhabi. it's
2: different this year too but yeah yeah
1: like, okay but yeah regardless like you know kim is a world-class badass and is one legitimately one of the best in the world and so so i always and really and cool. i'm lucky enough to get to train with her and like i totally identify with the you have to weather that storm because i think the way kim wins a ton of matches is she just grinds down people. She's relentless yeah. and she does not stop coming at you and like awesome. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's part of why she's a success and part of why she's a why she's a pleasure to watch. But you mentioned that you were yelling uh while you were watching that match and I do want to make sure that we talk about coaching. <laughs> uh-huh. Because there were so many different coaching styles on display yesterday. And one thing I noticed, like so my my instructor Seth wasn't wasn't there. He was in Vermont and so there was nobody around to coach me from from my match from my my gi match and you were kind enough to coach me and it was awesome I, I was telling Betsy, yeah I didn't
2: ask you either <laughs> no, I was just like I always need to be yelling anything it's better them. to
1: ask forgiveness <laughs> than permission Sam <laughs> well, plus like plus it was funny because like Gracie Raleigh had three coaches there they had like Brandon Garner and Bumpkin and Andrew Bittner and they're all telling <laughs> Wes what to do I'm like you don't need to tell them how to beat me up better guys come on but then, <laughs> and, but then thankfully you came in and, and sort of saved me so so uh, so how do you think of your coaching voice what's your oh, coaching my, style? my friends
2: make Fun of me so much, oh, man! Like I, I, definitely can't film and coach because it just goes everywhere, and you won't see anything because I'm like yelling around. And, um, I try. To, yeah, we were discussing this, like I, I try to be broad, broadly conceptual as possible. Like, like a weight, something about their weight, or like a connection like strong feet into the ground or something if I see somebody looks like they're just not engaged the right way or like their muscles aren't quite there I'm already doing like hand talking while I'm talk- sorry <laughs> while I'm um, uh, talking about this but it, I I was laughing because when you were coaching Kim like you're so nice <laughs> it's like you're like if you want to you could try this like and these things and like you know what do you think about that and i was like wow like and so when i was like saying stuff to you like part of my brain was like okay maybe i could try to be like super nice like jeff is and i'm like nope probably just gonna yell things um uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like where you see the other side of the coin like hamid from from triangle coaching and like a couple like i think somebody i saw from um from jake with academy that was coaching somebody too like where it's kind of like the sort of like tearing the person down a little bit yeah. but in a kind of a hilarious way that you know they're used to and expect mm-hmm. um <laughs> along those lines kind of the good old boy sort of methodology um and i it's like some of the one-liners my friends yell at me back or things because i'm so concerned with joint mechanics and things like that mm-hmm. too if i see somebody that i know does not have the hip external rotation to be playing with some rubber guard and the knees aren't really ready for that i'll be like don't don't Rely on that—that that is not healthy. You gotta do these things. You gotta do do stuff that's good for your body and like, um, yeah. And then just kind of like picking out a few specific things. If you, I think one of the most useful things that coaches can do is, well, other than like time shouting out and like when you need to go, mm, like really yeah. just go time for broke. Yeah, go for broke is um, if you notice that somebody has a grip that is not helping them. Mm-hmm. like and of course most more of the time it's along the lines of like frame and use your hands more to keep the person away but you know when somebody's like I, I think Hamid was yelling no hugs yeah yeah somebody is <laughs> like we're not hugging here we're not hugging here this is not helping you <laughs> like, like and you're on bottom mount Hugging the guy is probably not your best friends to escape. Like, it's framing, guys, in case you're running. Totally.
1: <laughs> so you you mentioned my strategy, and here's the thing. Like, I, I think it's important to adapt the way you coach to, to the people, right? Yes. Because Kim, who I was coaching, does not need as much technical detail mm-hmm. as a white belt for whom it's their first tournament. Yes. You know, Kim's been here before. And, like, so but I, I think also it's sort of innate that we sort of project how we would like to be coached onto other people. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like... And I'm sorry if you do this, if you, and you're listening, but I have to tell you something that drives me crazy when I hear people coach. I, it drives me crazy to hear people shout, "Pass the guard, pass the guard, win, get a sweep, win. get a sweep." So he's trying, he's trying, <laughs> he really wants to. I swear to God, he's trying to pass the guard right now. Well, is <laughs>
2: <he's> really not. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, no.
1: <laughs> at, at, which, at which point, yes, all bets are off. Or like, or like, squeeze is another one. That oh one's hilarious. God. But, but, uh, but for me, like, what what I like to hear, in addition to time and points, I like to hear details that will help me or i like to hear options that i have because mm-hmm. for example like with kim right like i don't need to tell kim hey kim you can knee cut pass here kim knows she can knee cut pass here mm-hmm. so what i what, when i was trying to coach her i was like all right we can do that if we want. We can do this <laughs> yes, if we want. Yes, that's
2: how it was. Right? <laughs> uh uh-huh.
1: Beca- Because also the other thing is, and it also really depends on how well you know the person's game. Because yeah. I've messed up coaching people before when I was like, here's what I would do. And then they try and do it and it screws them up because they are not as practiced at that particular technique. Now, with Kim, of course, we know. what. And that's what,
2: getting good at being coached, right. too, of like. Like, because the coach can't feel where your mm-hmm. grips are. Yeah. Like, you have to make that judgment call.
1: I've actually written a blog post about this, too, that I should repost, which is about, like, Definitely. what I expect out of people who I coach. And, like, one of the things I write in that is, it's okay if you wave me. Thought. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's okay if you wave me off, right? If, if you're like, okay, do this, and you're like, no, I'm trying something else, mm-hmm. that's fine. I'm not going to be mad. I'm not going to be right. mad that you're like, no, I don't want a knee cut pass. I feel more comfortable stack passing cool you know do it do what you or as you say if i can't see like maybe you're worried about losing a grip so you give up something that's fine you know you're the one out there um and so for me also like as someone like you know i i I struggle with anxiety sometimes like for me somebody screaming at me Mm. is not the best thing for me
2: you want a calm state of mind when you're out there i absolutely do
1: and and it's something that i work on with like a lot of different mental techniques like and, and part of why I think the Jiu-Jitsu process is so valuable, right? Because if you're able to stay calm while somebody's on top of you, smashing your face, trying to choke you, you can stay calm Absolutely. in most spots in your life.
2: I wrote a blog post about that kind of thing once, about like not like unusual measurements of your progress and mm-hmm. things. Like if you are... Exactly. If you are on bottom out with somebody smashing your face and you have the brain space to be sad that you're not better at jujitsu in that moment, then, man, you've made some progress since you walked in that door. <laughs> like, yeah, that what? progressive load. And that's kind of like one of the major goals, right, is to have that, like to be able to become in any situation. So keep like looking, seeking that new stress level that you can, that is strong enough to create adaptation, but not so strong that you can't adapt to it.
1: hmm most definitely, most definitely.
2: And so uh, I can I can take it, Jeff. How how? What did you think of my style of coaching for you? Because I don't I don't know your game that great. No, like
1: to to be honest, you were super helpful. And like I. I liked your style of coaching, and like, yeah, and, and you and I should roll more, so you get to know my yeah, game, so you can coach yeah, yeah. me even better. But like, what? Like, honestly, like, and th- uh, this is me just admitting something. Like, yeah. I, I was only embarrassed that I couldn't do what you were telling me to do, you know, because there were a couple of <laughs> that times. That's a good idea. <laughs> no, right, exactly. And I was like, Wes is stopping me from doing that. Well, that sucks for me, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And and part of it is also that that like, you know, when and I run into this when Seth is coaching me too uh, against somebody that that's better than me, okay. is that. I always want to. I'm a people pleaser, right? And I'm so, right? And <laughs> yeah. so, I'm always like, "Damn, I'm disappointed that I could not oopa that person." Mm. Uh, but, but yeah, I thought you're your. What was, is
2: your favorite style of being coached?
1: Like, I think I coach the way I would like to be coached, okay. which is like, okay, Very jo- nice. right? You know what I mean? And like, and, and, and you know, that's Here's a few options. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, and we can we can do this if we want. And and you know, obviously, I'm talking about when I'm coaching upper belts or like people that have done it for yeah. let's say two to five years at least, more intensely. Like with white belts, I'm like at
2: least one time yesterday. Coaching wipeout. I was like, I don't think you know clock choke, <laughs> but if you do, but, you yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, right?
1: No, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <think> <laughs> you know, and and because you know, there's that baseline, right? Where at a certain point, you have to just be on the same page about terminology. Where you're like, no your other left arm. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, your frame. No inside your frame. Yep, yep. No inside. Yep. No, no. <laughs> Put your and. And we're not making fun of you bus. <laughs> we love you because believe me, I've been there. Yeah. Um, oh, we've yes, all been sure. there. Um, but, yeah, like that's how like, – and, and so I think I, – to be honest, I think that's true of most people. I think that most people coach others the way that they would prefer to be coached or that they expect to be coached. Like I think Hamid would love to be shouted at. Yeah, and, sure. um, <laughs> in fact, In fact, quick Hamid Sanders coaching story. <laughs> So Hamid was a white belt for a long time, for a variety of reasons. Um,
2: he's a brown belt at Triangle. He's a
1: brown belt now, yeah. super badass. Doesn't compete anymore because he he had some health issues. But like he's one of my dearest friends. And me and Hamid came up together, and we were me and Hamid's relationship was very much like me and Kim's, where it's like we're gonna try to kill each other, mm-hmm. but we're 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 tight. We're mm-hmm. we're homies, and we're trying to make ourselves better. And so we were white belts at the same time, and we were both competing like all the time, every tournament we could. Mm-hmm. And Hamid was like, "I need to get my blue belt. So, in order to get my blue belt, I'm just going to go and destroy everyone in front of me at tournaments." And so, I—I I was the guy. Like, I loved competing, but I wasn't as intense about it as mm-hmm. Hamid was at that time. And I, I've always loved taking pictures and like documenting video for my friends. Be like, "Oh, look! Here's this cool picture of you taking somebody's back. That's yeah. really good, right?" And so, so Hamid is is uh, is rolling with the guy, and he's way better than this guy, and. Um, and seth is not there at at the start of the match um and but I'm there and so he's like, Jeff, shout, you know, shout time and points. I'm like, okay, cool, and I'll be taking pictures. And this other guy's coach is is next yeah. to him coaching, and the dude's coach is like coaching constantly, like, oh, do One this, those, do, yeah, that, yeah, do that, do yeah, that, yeah. right, right. left
2: and, pinky, yeah, right. the detail level that gets a little too intense yeah. for
1: sure, for sure. And so this is a fun. The, There's I, always
2: a lag too. That's the other thing. Like anything that you're coaching is probably going to... is a lag. It's probably not exactly right anymore by the time you say it.
1: That, that's the other so, thing yeah. too, right? Because you know, if your instructions so, are that precise, be helpful. Yeah. for sure. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So Hamid, so. So Hamida, uh, so Hamid collar chokes the guy, mm-hmm. and the guy taps, but the ref is screened off from the tap, and so he gives him like the sort of Brazilian tap on the chest, the only, like one tap. That
2: happened with Iman yesterday? Oh, is that right? And, I- but but I was but I was still holding it, and then we we're like. Yeah, anyway, we we figured it's, it out. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like and she's a nice enough person. Like she's not like trying to. she's not yeah, trying to yeah. injure you. And
1: he, here's the thing: please don't do that. Like <laughs> I don't understand why anyone would do that. It's like for one thing, if you tap, you know you tapped. And and, and, and for and, me,
2: I didn't want to break her arm, but I knew I was secure enough. But I also knew the ref didn't see it. But I'm like, uh, yeah. I guess I'll keep pulling gently. Like <laughs> yeah, and
1: and Iman's not the type of person yeah. that is gonna Fake lie it, yeah. lie about it. But like, <laughs> but this dude was. Yes. And, and so and, and so so like you know to take a step back just to say like. I don't like please don't do that because you get people injured because then yes. people that aren't as nice as Sam are like, Well, I guess I got a crank on this. Mm. And and it's like also just have some honor, right? Like yeah. if, if, if you don't if you don't admit you gave up and you come back and you win that match, do you really feel good about winning yeah. that match? I don't see well, how you man. can. So so here's the thing. <laughs> and this is what why it relates to the coaching conversation. So like so like I'm taking pictures. This dude's coach is coaching, coaching, coaching. The dude taps. Me and the dude, me and the dude's coach. Are not screened off like the ref is. Uh-huh. We see him tap, and Seth comes running over, and him he's like he tapped, and <laughs> and 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 the guy's like no I didn't, and I, and I'm like yes you did, but I'm a white belt I'm not gonna like get up in a ref's face, and the dude's coach just goes silent and walks away, and I'm like okay that's not the worst way that you could handle that. It's not probably not the best way you could handle it either, but but like your coach knows you tap too, and so the the other thing is that I, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you the coaching bit of this in a sec that if you tap against someone who has been like smashing you and now you tap and you say you didn't and the match gets restarted chances are the rest of the mm. match is not going to go well for you right <laughs> oh. because he's probably going to uh-huh. tap you again and he's probably not going to be as nice about yeah, it this time
2: absolutely
1: and so I mean is like okay we'll restart he sweeps the guy mounts the guy you see like, the a-
2: glimmer in the eye yeah.
1: <laughs> and like Hamid I don't think would mind me me telling you there there is a photograph of this that I will show you because you will you can actually see the glimmer in the eye which I did not photoshop in and Hamid I don't think he would mind me telling you he has a bit of a mean you streak him? Mm, never ever <laughs> And so you can see him just angrily on top of this guy. And he looks over at Seth and Seth's like, Hamid. And Seth's giving him some tips on like mount pressure and stuff. And Hamid just looks over at Seth as I'm taking a picture and mouths the words F this guy. Except he didn't say F this guy. And then he collar chokes him from mount and holds it until he taps like five times. Oh and, my God. Uh, yeah, so, um, so if you if you have to tap, it's fine. We've all tapped. I did it twice yesterday. and uh, And if you do admit it, it's, it's, it's the nice thing to do
0: Hey Jeff Shaw
1: Yes Betsy O'Donovan
0: I have a question for you I have an answer Do you have, in that vast and storied collection of gis, something in a Kelly Green?
1: In fact, I designed a Kelly Green Ghee like two years ago for Toro BJJ.
0: Well, you're going to have to pull it out of the closet and dust it off because St. Patrick's Day, March 17th, is the date of the next U.S. grappling tournament in Virginia Beach.
1: Hopefully you show up and get the luck of the Irish.
0: (laughs) And a pot of gold medals at the end of your rainbow.
1: I personally am really excited, because you and I are going to go to Ireland for our second honeymoon a month after that tournament, but uh, hopefully I can impress the Irish with some medals I win at US Grappling on March 17th.
0: Conor McGregor won't know what hit him. Hey, thanks for supporting the brands that support us, and you can find them at usgrappling.com.
2: I was not a fan of, in your match with Wes, he like, at the end of it, he waved. Mm. I was not pleased with that, and then I saw it was to his like two year old daughter. Yeah, his daughter. And I was Sarah. like, okay. <laughs> yeah, no. I like I had a couple of layers with that. I was like, excuse me, <laughs> and then and then I saw the daughter, and I was like, hmm, <laughs> like. Maybe okay. <laughs> yeah, I I, appre- I appreciate Maybe your. Maybe I don't have to leap upon the mat at this <laughs> moment for you, but um, I was like, really, like with Jeff? Like, who was this guy? I I
1: <laughs> well, I'm deeply I'm deeply flattered and grateful for I'm your defensiveness out, towards probably, me. Yeah. That's um, no, that's really that's really kind of you. And like and like uh, like Wes and I had had a conversation. Wes is a friend of mine, and we had a conversation cool. before the match, and he was like, hey, that's my daughter over there. So so I I kind of look good now. I kinda, yeah <laughs> no, right no no, no, no. no I, I sold it for the he, cheap seats. I
2: think it was the final match that Wes had. We had. Some guy that was doing really well. I don't remember, I think the other guy was winning. I'm pretty sure the other guy was winning. Like he had really good pressure. All I remember is he had a gi with some blue stuff from the stitching, but like so I don't know who the guy was, but and but so this this is my coaching thing that with where I was I was sitting there watching it. Wes is caught in an arm bar and he manages to come up with it and man, like go he went from he was on bottom and he was caught in an arm bar, I don't know if it was off mount or something like that, but he manages to come up and start to pressure uh, stack the guy up and like just tears his arm out of it and like very dramatically and then just jumps over and grabs a knee bar in like midair and lands and finishes it out of just ripping out of this arm bar and it was very dramatic very highlight reel very very cool yeah hard to reproduce and Bittner is is behind me and he's just like Wes man he's like he's like all right we'll work on that think it was cool we'll work on that control thing some other time you, i guess you just keep jumping on <laughs> s-h-i-t you know yeah. <laughs> like, and uh he's like "Was well, i don't he's like i don't even know what to do with you anymore like it was hilarious he's like I can't I can't even with you man. It was like you just you just keep jumping on stuff. Yep. We'll That's control a, stuff later. Uh,
1: like, That's hysterical. And let me just say like if I could just jump on knee bars I would.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, it's so dramatic. like especially ripping out of one sub into another sub with like time counting down kind of thing. It was if, one of those very Karate kid moments.
1: Yeah. Um, if <laughs> yeah, I'll, I, I, if, I, if I'm able to do that I'll moonwalk off the mat. I probably yeah, I probably won't. Because be awesome. I won't be. Able to, yeah. But I, but I, <laughs> I cannot do that. I cannot rip out of arm bars and jump on knee bars. But but I can moonwalk, so really? yeah, well, absolutely. I can. I got a sick moonwalk. I'm, I'm a good high level, like probably two stripe brown belt moonwalker. I had no idea. Yeah, no, I got. I got skills. I got skills, Sam. <laughs> so one thing I want to make sure that we talk about. So I woke up this morning and like you know, so you had five matches yesterday. I had three matches yesterday, um, but some other people had had others. Every time that because of the way the body works with adrenaline, you mm-hmm. don't always notice the little bumps and bruises or, like, strain things until the, the morning after, no matter mm-hmm. how old you are. And I know you have a kin stretch class at um at Elevate, and I'm wondering, like, what do you suggest for people? Like, what, what kind of... St- how do you think about this? How do you think about best practices in terms of getting folks feeling better?
2: Yeah, and so my, my, my general rule is always, if it feels good, do it. Um, but I also think people tend to blindly just stretch things, and that passive input most of the time is not going to help things heal um like so the the cells that are you know the the damaged cells that need to need force in order to have direction on what to build to make things stronger and so just stretching things all the time especially a tissue that's been like semi-traumatized like to different degrees uh from whatever you did or had done to yesterday um like sitting sitting there and stretching it isn't going isn't to be the answer and for some reason it's what everybody does so low level isometric inputs are like a big thing it's all about everything in the kin stretch classes uh, involves like trying to be as controlled of your body as you can at all varying percentages and that's one of the things I really like about it for um teaching jiu-jitsu people that tend to have that all or nothing mentality of like I'm either going light or I'm going really hard and you want to be able to control all those intensities in between with as many of your muscles as you can through conscious control so if like if you don't have conscious access to it you're probably not going to be able to use it that well like I was videoing one of my friends the other day like who has low back pain and was looking I was just showing her like all oh, right like let's look at your cat cow position like when you try to arch your back and you see like a six inch portion of her back is just like a ruler the entire time and all of the motion is coming from like the upper thoracic stuff and i'm like yeah the area that has no motion in it no not a lot of representation in your brain (laughs) Mm -hmm. is the stuff that's hurting so a lot of times it's a lack of information and that's kind of what i what i generally coach people to start doing all the time so giving good information to the brain about whatever is going on in your body which means not pain and if you're pushing through pain and f if you have a better relationship with your body and you're more bad, like, you, I'd probably be like, hey, Jeff, you pay attention to what's going on with your body. Like, don't let it go over a 3 out of 10. But somebody that I know their 3 out of 10 is probably really a 9 out of 10 because <laughs> they're like, I can still stand it. I'm like, nope, no pain. You are cut off. Cut off from dealing with pain. <laughs> These things. So doing as much as you can on the body parts that are aching all day. Like, the, the sort of joke is, like, if you tell somebody, recommend somebody, like, work on their joint for, you know, three times a week for 20 minutes, like, they might do it once. Um, you know, if you tell them to do it 10 times a day for five minutes, like, they might do it twice. So if you tell them to quit their jobs and do this all day, they might do approaching the amount that you want them to do to get inputs to the cells to, to recreate what you're looking for. So getting better cortical representation of your of your body and your brain is always going to stand you in good stead. And if you think of pain as not being a weakness, but being literally bad information going to your brain like it's 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 not you're, your brain's just going to learn this is i'm not i'm not learning anything <laughs> i'm just going to like keep avoiding this and and or magnify it until you get the point like i had a conversation with an MMA fighter a couple months ago down here where they were talking about pushing through pain kind of stuff and my question was what do you think pain means like have you ever sat and thought about that like like, why do you think it is something to be ignored? Like, this is something that is the most basic signaling your body has. So why don't we respect that and do a lot of stuff outside of it and you'll magically see things better. So just for a lot of people that are this no pain, no gain mentality, if they just stop doing things that hurt them, then go. I have a a video that I've only released in the newsletter before. I should make public. It's about just assessing your injuries and how to train intelligently on them. And so, like, if, for example, if you have something going on with your shoulder and you're like, my shoulder hurts, like. And that's as far as you go with it. And then you just like, yeah, I'll just drill and just, like, not do anything specific with it um, and versus assessing it of, like, where is the specificity of where that shoulder hurts? It's only under a certain angle with a certain amount of pressure put on it. Then you have information to go, like, oh, if I just avoid this 10 to 20 degrees of range, then I'm okay. And then you can adapt your game to that. And, and I when I divide up the, the groups for um, if we're doing, like, group training stuff at Elevate um, at the end of my classes on Wednesday nights, I will do like team respect your body because kind of do that psychological attachment to like what are we actually doing here and then team over here that's healthy enough to do takedowns. Mm -hmm. Like like, so you guys go drill your stuff and do things over here or just start from your knees so you just have less opportunity for for chaos and injury um, than the people over here that are doing this other stuff and then you guys are going to have a chance sooner to get back into the other group versus you just trying to push through it. Um, So what I was thinking for this Wednesday night's Kinstress class at 6.30 um, is doing sort of a workshop style one to be like hey everybody that's come has your aches and pains and things in the tournament or otherwise, because everybody is always complaining about something. Why don't we come in and just go over some of the basic ideas of what a low level isometric contraction is, how to find what is going on in your body and, and to deal with it. Again, like not trying to give, I'm basically just, I'm not telling you pain management. I'm telling you to do stuff that doesn't hurt. So, like, not try to overstep my bounds here against anybody that's like therapists and things. And if you have something that's a real trauma, you should definitely go get checked out. Um, But I can definitely give you some strategies on how to engage your body in a way that is smart and setting you up for success in the
1: future. Sam Fallhaber teaches kin stretch on Wednesday nights at Elevate MMA. She also has a newsletter that we made reference to a couple times that you should subscribe to. I do. She's also active on Instagram at MoveWellDurham. Sam, is there anything we've left out in the 30 seconds or so we have left? I've had a blast talking to you as always.
2: jeff everything is happy and respect your bodies and jeff is awesome
1: <laughs> <laughs> if you want to take samantha Haber's kin stretch class at elevate mma it's every wednesday night you can take it for 25 dollars if you're not an elevate member and the class is available to everybody who's an elevate member i've been to this class and i highly recommend it so check it out hey i had a blast at u.s grappling i hope you did too if you were there if you didn't check them out at the next upcoming tournaments uh, march 17th uh, is the next one um This is Dirty White Belt Radio. My name is Jeff Shaw. My guest has been Samantha Fallhaber, who won four out of five matches yesterday at U.S. Grappling. We will be back at you next week with a Jiu Jitsu History Show that is going to blow your minds. So please join us for that. It's always my pleasure to talk with y'all, and we will see you again next Sunday.